1: Hey everyone, this is Stephen James from Project Life Mastery. Today I'm gonna share with you how I invest my money. I wanna give you an updated investing strategy of what I've been doing so far this year, as well as currently, but also what I'm gonna continue to do moving forward as an investor. Um, I thought it'd be helpful for me to share with you guys a little bit about the strategy, the thought process, and what I've been personally doing because I've been taking advantage of a lot of the uncertainty and volatility in the market, Uh, what's been going on with the pandemic. I did a video back in March, how I was investing when we saw the big stock market crash. I took advantage of that and benefited a lot so far from it, but I'm continuing to invest and have been over the last few months Um, because I believe that the economy and the pandemic, all of that is gonna be in a much better position next year. Um, But also I have a much longer term horizon and I wanna share with you a little bit about my long-term strategy so that you guys can perhaps implement some of these ideas of what I'm personally doing and maybe benefit as well from that. I also wanna talk about what I'm doing with cash because right now interest rates are low so you're not really getting much money from your cash if it's just sitting there in a savings account or in your brokerage account. Uh, So I'll share with you guys what I'm doing there, as well as what I've been doing as an investor in the stock market, some of the investments that I've been making, uh, as well as maybe even talk to you guys about cryptocurrency because right now Bitcoin is having a huge comeback, a huge surge. And uh, I've talked about Bitcoin, cryptocurrency a few years ago, did some content around that. And I'll talk about that a little bit as well. And by the way, if you enjoy videos like this, then please give this video a thumbs up here on YouTube. Uh, thumbs up gives me some encouragement that I should do more videos like this, and also helps a YouTube algorithm so that I can reach more people with my content. And of course, subscribe here to Project Life Mastery for more content on investing, money, finances, self-improvement, building an online business, and a lot more. Okay, so let's dive into this. First thing I'll talk about is cash. Um, right now, unfortunately, interest rates are quite low, or fortunately, if you're looking to borrow money and invest in real estate, uh, but for me, because I hold a lot of cash, uh, I have an online business that provides a lot of cash flow, uh, which is great. Um, it allows me to have a lot of cash that I can hold, and I can deploy that, over time into the market. And so I will mention that you know, I understand that my circumstance might be different than yours. Most people don't have a lot of cash flow coming in. For them to invest in the stock market, they've gotta save their money every month and then they can kinda of make a, an investment in the market. But for me, because I have a lot of cash flow coming in from my online business, that allows me to sit on a lot of cash, which I don't wanna deploy all at once. I like to try to spread that out over time. Now when it comes to cash, uh, especially when you have a lot of it, you don't wanna just have it in an account and not do anything for you, not make you any money. And so what I personally do with that is I buy bonds. Uh, I buy uh, bond ETFs on the stock exchanges. And when it comes to bond ETFs, these are fixed income investments. Um, they don't go up and down too much. And I particularly buy the safest type, which are government bonds that are backed by the US government. Um, then I also buy some corporate bonds. And then there's junk bonds, which I typically stay away from. You're gonna get better yields from that, but there are companies that typically have more debt or more uncertainty and they're not as secure companies. So I don't buy uh, many of those. My main purpose of buying and owning bonds is that I can at least get some money back and they don't go up and down and move that much. So my money is pretty safe in bonds, uh, particularly government bonds. I don't have to worry too much and I can at least get a 1% even more in some cases um, from my money. And then also with the bond ETFs, the reason why I like those and buy them in my brokerage account is that I can easily sell them off and have that settle in my brokerage account and I can deploy that to buy stocks when I want to. So it at least allows me to um, have access to that cash versus if you have your cash in a savings account and it's not in your brokerage account, and you want to move that in, like you're getting the interest from it, let's say in your savings account, but you wanna move that into your brokerage account because there's now some buying opportunities, well, now it's gonna take a bit of time for that to transfer into your brokerage account, and by that point, you might, you know, missed out on some great buying opportunities in the market. So for me, I like bonds, and I'll share with you some of the bond ETFs that I buy and hold. I like to spread it out across different ETFs. Um, some of them were more, more, uh, government bonds, some of them more corporate bonds, some, some a little bit of a mix. Um, but my overall strategy and philosophy behind that is I sit on a lot of cash or fixed income investments because I have a lot that's coming in and I look for buying opportunities. So for me, a key, a key mindset as an investor is to have patience. Um, I, I like to try to have some, some sort of patience to wait until I see a good time to buy. And for me, particularly, that's during a dip. And so when I see a dip in the S&P 500, a dip in some of these great growth companies and stocks that I I like to own, that I wanna own more of and increase my positions of long-term, I'm waiting for those companies to dip. And when they do dip, I like to go in and buy some of that at a cheaper price. So that's my mindset and that's my philosophy. Now, with the market of what's been going on so far this year, we had a big crash back in March, um, and then we've had a huge surge where the S&P 500 has pretty much recovered, but there are still some sectors that have been hit hard. The airline industry, the financial sector, the oil sector, those have still been hit hard and haven't recovered yet, as well as the real estate investment trusts. So those ones I have been buying as well, uh, buying, but also I've been, you know, even with the S&P that's recovered and the tech companies that are at all time highs, I still have a long-term horizon with those. And so I do look for opportunities for when it dips. And so far this year, we've had a few dips. We had one a few months ago during the summertime. Uh, That was a time where I kind of swooped in and bought quite a bit. Uh, Also, just before the election, we had a big drop uh, the week before where it was like the worst week since, uh, I think back in March. And so that was also a time that I bought a lot as well. So I try to focus on not trying to time the market because nobody knows when the bottom's going to be, and no one knows when the, the all-time high is going to be. So I, I tend to spread it out over time, And because I have a lot of cash sitting around that I'm ready to deploy, waiting to, de- to deploy, um, I buy more during the dips, but I also oftentimes do spread it out a bit more. So sometimes, you know, as, as things are going up and have been, you know so far this year since the crash, I've been slowly buying during that time. I made a big significant purchase, quite a few of them during the crash back in March. And then as things were recovering, I was still kind of you know, buying some, not as much as I did during the dip, during the crash, but I was still buying on the way up. And then oftentimes when it's going down, I still buy, but really I'm waiting for that the bigger dip, the more significant dip to deploy a lot more. Now again, I understand not everybody can do that. Not everybody has a lot of cash sitting in their account or a lot of cash flow coming in. That's one of the benefits I have of an online business that provides a lot of that for me. So for me, I'm, I have a lot that I don't like just having it sit around. I want to put it to use, I wanna put it into the market, but at the very minimum, at least I can have it in some bonds where I get you know an interest rate on that and it makes a bit, it might kinda of cover inflation or be a little bit higher than inflation, but for me, I don't wanna just have it sitting in a savings account doing nothing. And a lot of, you know, one of the reasons why a lot of people say the market has gone up in spite of the pandemic and, you know, the 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 economy and, you know, everything being hit hard is because a lot of investors have a lot of cash because they did a, you know, a huge sell-off back in March and they have all this cash and they're at least wanting to do something with it and putting it, you know, having it in a savings account, you're not going to get much from that. Even bonds are not getting nearly as much as you were before. And so a lot of investors are still putting their money back into the market because, what are the alter- what are the alternatives there 's not many great alternatives for what they can do with that so that 's one of the theories of why the market's been you know having this big surge and all of that and still you know a lot of people might argue these companies are a little bit overvalued uh, and I'd, I agree with that for sure, especially a lot of the tech companies, um, but investors they they believe they can at least get something from that and even putting it in different dividend companies as well. Okay, so that's what I'm doing with cash, and here are some of the bonds that I buy. So the first one is, the ticker symbol is SHY, S-H-Y. This is the iShares one to three year treasury bond ETF. Um, Right now the yield of that is 1.29%, and they uh, pay that out every month. The 1.29% is the annual yield, and they do uh, monthly payments of that. And the expense ratio is 0.15%. So that's the fee for it. So the expense ratio is pretty low. Um, it's very very liquid, and it doesn't fluctuate too much. When I look back over the last six months, it really only fluctuates by a couple cents. And so this is an investment that owns uh, U.S. government treasury notes and uh, one to three-year treasury notes that um, you know aren't gonna you know I'm not you know I don't have to worry about losing my money. I don't have to worry about um, you know, I can at least get some sort of return from this and get it in and out pretty easily and quickly. So, um, that's probably the safest bond that I own. The next one is the Vanguard Total Bond Market Index Fund ETF. Uh, this ticker symbol is BND. This one pays a 2.3, uh, 2.36% yield and the expense ratio is super low at 0.03%. So, I like this one. This one, um, I can look to see, I'm just on Yahoo Finance to see what their holdings are. Um, It does own a few mortgages as well as uh, U.S. Treasury bonds and and notes. Um, So that's the assets that they hold. The next one is uh, the ticker symbol AGG. And this is the iShares Core U.S. Aggregate Bond ETF. Uh, This one has a 2.3% yield. um, So this one I think is a little bit higher than the last one. And the expense ratio is 0.04%. And this one, see what it holds. I'll, I'll link to these below for you guys if you wanna check them out. Uh, but it holds you know, a variety of things, mortgages, um, you know, a little bit higher risk ones, but even then it's still st- still quite low, low risk in my opinion. Um, these ones do fluctuate a little bit more compared to the, the, the SHY, uh, SHY one. And then the third one is the iShares iBox uh, investment grade corporate bond ETF. And the the ticker for that is LQD, LQD. And this one pays 2.89%. These are more corporate bonds. So loaning money to to, to corporations, Um, but they're they're quality corporations. And this one's also very liquid as well. So I can get in and out of that pretty quick. Uh, These all uh, trade on the New York Stock Exchange as well as uh, there are some Canadian ones too because I do hold a lot of Canadian currency. And the two that I own there are the Vanguard Canadian Short-Term Bond ETF, VSB, that's on the Toronto Stock Exchange, and VAB, which is also on the Toronto Stock Exchange, which is the Vanguard Canadian Aggregate Bond Index ETF. And those ones are also pretty secure, they don't fluctuate too much, and the yield for that is about 2.5 to 2.2%. So that's what I try to do and keep my money in. Um, I do always have some cash in my brokerage account, but the majority of it I put in these bonds so I can at least get one to 2% on my money and I can easily easily liquidate that when there are buying opportunities and I can buy companies that I wanna gain more positions of that are long-term investments for me. Uh, Let's move into the stock market. So as I've mentioned before, I'm not a trader. Um, I'm a long-term investor. I like to buy and hold great companies for the long-term. When it comes to my investing strategy, the first area that I start um, and what I really wanna build up the most for my long-term is in ETFs. Uh, You can tell a lot of the ETFs that I buy are with Vanguard. I like Vanguard a lot. They have typically the lowest expense ratios, so the lowest fees. Um, but when it comes to ETS, the reason why I like that is because I can own an index. I can own a basket of companies that uh, broadens, broadens my diversification, um, allows me to own many different sectors, um, not taking the same risk as I would by uh, doing stock picking and, you know, buying, and you know, buying individual companies. There's more risk involved in that. So instead, by owning an ETF, I can own a group of great blue chip companies, high quality companies, and I can sit on them over the long term. And I don't have to manage it as much. And that's why people say that, you know, indexing is more passive investing. You don't have to actively manage your portfolio. You don't have to buy and sell and kind of time things as much. So that's the, the kind of the cornerstone, the bedrock of my invest, my investment portfolio and strategy. I always try to build those up the most because those are the ones that I really want to hold the most long term. A lot of the individual companies that I might buy, some of them I might sell eventually and especially as I get older, and then move that money into more of my ETFs. Um, It's very hard to determine with any company how long it's gonna be around for. Uh, You know, Companies change all the time, the world changes, the economy changes. So even companies as great and as big as Microsoft and Apple and Facebook and Google and companies like that, even though I don't see them going away, um, you never know 20 years from now. And so it's still gonna require an active management on some level um, versus if I can understand, I I can you know hold these for a period of time, but eventually as I get older, I can move that money into my ETFs and some other ETFs or even some stocks that I think are better long-term might not provide the most growth, but can provide dividends and income from me. Um, Because I'm younger right now, I like to own uh, a lot of growth companies because I got time on my side and I can benefit from that. But I know that once you get into retirement, you don't have as much time to, to sit and wait on certain stocks for them to grow. Um, you want the income from that because now you want to retire, you want to live off that money. And so for me, as I get closer into my retirement, I want to own more dividend-paying stocks and especially hold more of those ETFs as well. So for me, um, the ETFs that I, I own and that I try to put my money into, especially when it drops the most, are the Vanguard S&P 500 ETF. The ticker for that is VOO. VOO. I also like to buy the the Vanguard Total Stock Market as well as the Vanguard Total World Market. So this is a basket of the biggest companies in the world or the biggest ones in the United States. Um, It kind of is a reflection of the, the, the U.S. economy, I guess, or the world economy. And I'm very optimistic and very bullish on the world and the United States long-term. Uh, I think it's one of the best investments that you can make, and people like Warren Buffett, people that I've learned from, uh, that's what they always preach as well. So those uh, tickers are VT and VTI. Okay, VT and VTI. Uh, as well as there's some that I like on, on uh, in specific sectors, specific industries. So one of them is a VNQ. That's a, uh, the ticker for that. And that one is the real estate one. So that is the Vanguard Real Estate uh, fund, sorry, the Vanguard Real Estate Index Fund ETF, and you get a, you know, these primarily owning um, uh, real estate investment trusts, REITs, and so I get exposure to the real estate market. Some of them, they're ho- owning uh, resident, um, senior housing, residential real estate, commercial real estate, shopping outlets, hotels, a whole variety of that. Um, this one is, I believe, underperformed this year just because, you um, uh, the, the pandemic and um, you know a lot of shopping outlets, a lot of commercial real estate has been hit pretty hard because people are not shopping as much uh, in person and you know a lot of companies have been moving more from you know office space to virtual people working from home so that's been hurt, but i've been continuing to grow my positions for that because I am optimistic in real estate in general long term, and so there's been some good buying opportunities there. Uh, as well as the ticker symbol VIG, the Vanguard Dividend Appreciation Index Fund. This is owning companies that are, um, that are growing and their, 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 their dividend is growing year after year. I believe it holds mostly dividend aristocrats, which are companies that have increased their dividends every year for the last 25 years. And this one pays uh, a dividend of 1.77%. As well as one more that I do like to hold, is VYM? VY- VYM is the Vanguard High Dividend Yield Index. So this is owning companies that pay a higher dividend. Uh, this one pays out three point six two percent. And again, the reason why I love Vanguard is you know the expense ratio is only 006 percent. Um, so this one you know owns big companies that have great dividends. But it also is a little bit more volatile too, I think, because a lot of the companies that it does hold are some oil companies like ExxonMobil and Chevron, who have been able to maintain their dividends. Um, but you know they've been hit quite hard the oil industry, um, as well as a few other ones like you know AT and T and, and ones like that too. So. Those are the main uh, Vanguard ones, the ETFs I like to hold and build my positions of long-term. So whenever I have opportunities there, I'm making bigger purchases into those. Those are the ones that I believe I'm never going to sell. I'm never going to sell those in my lifetime versus individual companies and stocks. I can't say the same. I can't say the same that I'm going to own Tesla forever because I just don't know. There might be a time where it makes sense to sell. Same thing with Amazon. Same thing with Shopify. Same thing with Um, you know, many other other growth companies that I do own. So uh, even though I might not get as much from that as some other opportunities, other growth companies, these are the ones that are the safest because I'm owning a basket of companies, provide great diversification. They all provide dividends for me as well. And those are the ones that I want to hold long-term as part of my long-term strategy. Now, when it comes to individual companies, I do like to buy a variety of different stocks, um, but only once I've First built, been focused on really building up the ETFs. Um, some of the individual stocks that I like are in the tech sector. I'm very bullish with tech. I love tech. Uh, all the biggest ones: Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook. Uh, you know, Microsoft, Shopify, uh, Tesla. All of those big ones I invest in, as well as even ones like Salesforce, uh, Oracle, IBM, Intel. Um, you know, some of those ones have been hit a little bit hard and they've dipped. And so I kind of got in and bought more of those, even Adobe. So a variety of those tech companies um, that are blue chip, um, that I believe in long-term, that are great, amazing companies, great management, great track record. Um, You know, you can argue that they're overvalued, but I've been able to benefit massively from the growth of those. And part of the reason why they're overvalued is because investors, you know, see the growth of those companies. They have great balance sheets, uh, not much debt. They're they're really well positioned. They're very well positioned to benefit, especially from the pandemic, and that's why they've grown so much. Um, but just moving forward, when you have that much cash to deploy and to buy, you know, buy businesses and to initiate, you know, with artificial intelligence and be on the cutting edge with all that sort of stuff, um, they're really well positioned long term. Uh, even Netflix, I own and uber companies like that too so uh for me i try to you know i do invest and spread out across many of those uh companies and there's many other sectors that i like too um i have been buying a lot of financial stocks as well all the big banks in the united states and in canada i like almost all of them except for wells fargo and citigroup Um, there's maybe a few other ones but in the united states like bank of america which you know i know warren buffett likes made an investment in this year warren buffett did sell off I believe Wells Fargo and a few other ones, but um, I still hold Wells Fargo and Citigroup. I do own those, but I'm not buying those. Uh, they've cut their dividends, and um, they're not as well positioned as some of the other ones. So, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, you know, I've been buying some of the investment banks like Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. Uh, and then I really like the Canadian banks um, from Canada. That's where I started investing first. And Canada has an amazing banking system, and uh, the, you know I've owned some of these banks for a long time. So Bank of Montreal, TD Bank, Bank of Nova Scotia, uh, CIBC, Royal Bank, uh, National Bank of Canada. So I own all of those ones. They pay great dividends, and I bought I bought in my positions for some of these banks, excuse me, years ago, at a much higher price point. Um, and so for me, like a lot of those on bargain that I really do like long-term and the dividends that they pay out. And with my strategy, with comes to the dividend paying stocks, my brokerage account is on a DRIP. A DRIP is a dividend reinvestment plan. So every dividend that gets paid out repurchases sale, shares of that company so I can accumulate more shares, which increases the dividends, and that money really compounds over the long run. So financial stocks I like, I like consumer goods stocks. I've been buying a variety of those. Um, there are certain companies and stocks that have benefited from the pandemic um, that are, are kind of great consumer goods that during a recession can perform well. That's Costco, that's Walmart, that's Target, Home Depot, Procter and Gamble, Uh, Johnson and Johnson, a variety of ones like that. Um, I do have some in the healthcare space, Johnson and Johnson, Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, those are ones I think are well positioned to benefit from the vaccine. They're all involved in vaccine development and I don't believe that one company is going to be able to, to distribute the vaccine to everybody. And so, uh, I like Pfizer and I do like Johnson and Johnson. They've got good dividends and they're great quality companies regardless of the vaccine, uh, to, to, to own and hold long term. But, I believe that uh, next year as we um, get closer to a vaccine, those companies are going to benefit a lot from that. Um, and there's many other sectors. You know, I do own oil, uh, ExxonMobil and Chevron, a few ones in Canada. Those have been hit hard. I have lost money in oil. I have lost money in some of my financial ones. Um, but, uh, and I'm, I'm not putting much into oil right now. I do own one ETF that does, it's kind of like the energy sector. And that's the ticker VDE. VDE is the one, get great dividends from those, and there might, uh, I have bought a bit when it was crashing, but um, I am a little bit more hesitant because I think there are some better buys. Um, I did buy during the crash some of the airlines, like Delta Airlines, and in Canada, Air Canada, but not too much. So I kind of look at it, I I, I really want the majority of my money in the best companies, my ETFs, and some really amazing high-quality companies but I also am not afraid to invest a bit in some higher risk, high reward companies. I think that every portfolio, especially when you're younger, you can kind of have a place for that. You have to determine how much of your money are you gonna allocate to those high risk, high reward stocks. The difficult thing when it comes to investing is trying to determine that even though yes, you make, like for me, almost all my investments have made money. Which is great, but that's only because when you know when you have enough time on your side, you're going to make money from your investments. The main thing though, is is there a better? Is, even though you made money from the airline or for this or that, was there something else I could have put my money into instead that would have made me more money? And that's the thing you have to kind of compare and kind of contrast your investments with, um, which can make it a little bit more challenging. So. Um, I could go on and on, but there's many great individual stocks and companies that I buy and own and been buying as the market has dropped and dipped, and I try to build my positions of those companies. Now, you might be wondering, what about real estate? Do you buy real estate? Is real estate a good investment? Yes, I do like real estate. I don't buy a lot of real estate right now because um, I think one of the greatest advantages and benefits of Buying real estate is being able to borrow money from the bank, especially when interest rates are low. You can leverage the bank's money, buy some great properties, and have that grow and appreciate. The thing with real estate, though, is that those are longer-term investments. If you're just trying to buy and sell within a year, you're really not gonna make much money from that just because there's a lot of fees and expenses involved in closing a real estate deal. And so those are longer-term investments that I believe in. I believe in real estate long-term, great investment. And I do own some real estate and want to pursue that a little bit more. But right now with the stock market, what I like is the diversification that I can have versus having all my money in a property. I have to have more money in that property and it's harder to get that money out. Stock market, I can buy and sell. I can move around and have more flexibility with that and it goes up and down a lot more. It's easier to just go in and buy at a cheaper price, which you can't really do with real estate. Real estate, you can't just tomorrow or today buy a property. It's gonna take some time for you to close on that property. So it's more of a long-term investment, which I do like. Um, For me right now, I haven't been well positioned to buy real estate because um, I travel around quite a bit. That's my lifestyle right now. I am a resident of Panama, and in Panama, there's not that many great real estate opportunities that I like. And I have a hard time unless, you know, in the U.S. or Canada, not unless I'm a resident to be able to borrow money from the banks. But as I immigrate to the U.S. next year, what my plan is, is to make as much as I can right now and invest my money in stocks and great quality companies. And then I believe that next year, as the pandemic goes away, the economy is going to surge. You know, the stock market is going to reach all time highs. That's now an opportunity for me to now sell some of the investments that I made. Okay, take some of the appreciation, the capital gains from that, and then move some of that and rebalance my portfolio, but move some of that into real estate and kind of spread out not to have everything in some of these individual companies. So that's my plan. Um, and for me, the real estate is also a long, long-term investment that I want to slowly accumulate more of over time. But I do like the stock market based on the volatility and the opportunities that it does provide. So I'm 100% on board with diversification, spreading out your investments, have some real estate, build up your stock investment portfolio as well. Um, that's that's part of my plan, as part of my long-term strategy as well. Especially because next year I'm also planning on buying a house and starting a family, and so. Uh, I wanna take some of the the money off the table and put some of it into that as well. Last thing is cryptocurrency. Bitcoin has been making a huge comeback, uh, growing a lot. Um, I will mention too, actually I forgot to mention gold. I also do buy gold. You know, They say 5% is what you should hold of gold. I don't quite own 5% of my portfolio, although I'd like to grow it and eventually get it to that point. I really do, to be honest with you, need to rebalance my portfolio. Um, which I plan to do, like I said, more next year because I I do own quite uh, a few stocks, like too many, in my opinion, to it makes it a little bit more harder to manage and kind of keep up to date with all the news of those. Um, but I do want to rebalance it and and continue to grow, uh, you know, grow my position in gold. Um, gold, I do own some ETS of that. The ticker is GLD, and I would leave IAU. Uh, those are the two different ones that I like. One's more liquid. Uh, the other one's not, but um, has lower lower fees associated with that. So gold, I'm on board with, especially as a great hedge against the dollar, because um, you know there's some speculation. If you listen to Robert Kiyosaki or Ray Dalio, people like that have been kind of warning against the currency, and you know with all the debt that we've been getting into, that there's going to be a lot of um, you know volatility and some issues that we're going to face with the dollar. Cryptocurrency, going back to that, um, I do hold some cryptocurrency, some Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Litecoin. I got more involved in cryptocurrency a few years ago when we had that big boom. I did some videos and content around that. I haven't been focused on buying crypto now, though, lately, because there's just, in my opinion, better investing opportunities uh, that have been available for companies that are less volatile, And are, you know, discounted at a cheaper price that I can get in. And I like to hold more long term. When it comes to cryptocurrency, my mindset has always been with that. um, The money that I invest in crypto is money that I'm not afraid to lose. So I kind of look at it as my Vegas money. If you go to Vegas and you gamble a thousand bucks, if you lose it, you're not that surprised. You kind of went into it knowing that. But you also know that you can also win big with that too. And that's how I've looked at cryptocurrency. So, I like to own cryptocurrency. I have it stored away on a hard wallet. But for me, that's long term that as far as I'm concerned, if that money doesn't do anything, I'm okay with that. If it does, if a few years from now I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, that money is now worth this amount, Bitcoin exploded, I can have a piece of that and be a part of that growth. Awesome. Uh, So it's money that I don't need. And um, it, it's money that is a little bit higher risk. It's more higher risk because it's not backed by anything versus a great quality company or an, you know, a bond or um, real estate. is more backed by an actual asset that you're owning versus Bitcoin and cryptocurrency isn't. So I think there's a place for it, but I always look at when it comes to investing, you start, especially as a beginner, and be more conservative because your number one goal is not to lose money right? To keep your money, to protect it. That's money that you worked hard for. That's money you've already paid taxes on that is worth more than even making more money. So that's money that you want to protect, have it grow slowly over time, and then have a percentage of your portfolio where you might determine how much that is. That's more high risk, high return investments that can really pay off for you in huge ways. And so that's how I've approached cryptocurrency. Um, You know, there can be some great buying opportunities. Will it continue to go up? I have no idea. Obviously, it is just because the uncertainty with the, the dollar and, and, and different currencies and whatnot. So, and then also even PayPal, for example, uh, they announced that they're uh, starting the ability for people to hold cryptocurrency as well. And you know, other companies and, and financial institutions are now opening up to cryptocurrency also. So I, I'm bullish on crypto. I think crypto is going to be around and have a utility in the future. And I do think it is worth owning some of it and just depends how much you wanna to allocate to that based on your risk threshold, but I always, number one, focus on the ETFs, focus on quality, focus on protecting myself as much as I can, even if it's lower growth. I don't need super crazy gains. I don't need super crazy growth. I can make a lot of money from my business. I can make a lot of cash flow from that. That's why, again, investing-wise, you know, I want that money to grow, Usually around you know 10% has been historic average of the S&P 500, so I'm cool with that. I have been getting better than that with individual growth companies and whatnot, but I'm okay with that. Um, I have got the long-term horizon, and hopefully you do as well. Uh, one thing I do like to do is look at these different calculators, these compounding calculators, dividend compounding calculators to look at my portfolio. Where's that gonna be 10, 20 years if I did nothing? And that's, that's where I focus on is where I'm going to be 10, 20, 30 years from now um, and where just the strategy will take me. And I'm willing to wait and be patient because I have time on my side. So that's my strategy. That's my philosophy. That's what I've been doing uh, that has really benefited me the most and helped my portfolio do really, really well. So I make a lot from my dividends and those get reinvested. But also I just You know, sit on the cash, I buy more. I just wanna continue to accumulate and build my nest egg so that I can build that golden goose that lays the golden eggs. And the golden eggs is the income that I'm gonna receive from my investments. I'm never gonna touch the golden goose. I'm never gonna kill the golden goose. That's the one that lays the golden eggs. And so I'm always thinking about that. And that's my long-term financial goal is to continuously build up my investment portfolio so that you can eventually get to the point where you have true freedom. You can do what you want, when you want, and you don't have to actively manage your portfolio or don't have to actively work in your business or anything like that, but your investments will provide for you. And that's my goal long-term. So there you have it. That's my strategy and that's my philosophy when it comes to investing. If you enjoyed this video, give it a thumbs up here on YouTube. Subscribe for more videos and leave a comment below. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you want more videos like this. I can consider doing more for you guys. Hopefully you benefited from this be smart with your money, invest your money, uh, think long-term with your money, and be willing to sacrifice in the short-term to get to where you want to go. Thank you guys so much. I look forward to seeing you again soon. God bless and take care.
0: Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value,